Hello and welcome to Scrutiny Specify's Cybersecurity Podcast. I'm excited to be joined by our very own Principal Consultant and League Architect, Phil Davies. Listen in as we get into the nuts and bolts of this year's RSA Conference 2021 in our special edition episode. We'll discuss changes and trends in the cybersecurity sphere, what organisations should be aware of, and entries into RSA's long-standing competition, which seeks to find the hottest new ideas and solutions in information security. Phil, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Hi, Emily. It's great to be here and thanks for the opportunity to speak to you today. As principal consultant and lead architect, I help make sure that products and services we offer match our approach, which is data-driven, evidence-based solutions for our assessed gaps in our customers. That's why I'm so excited to be spending some more time looking at what's genuinely innovative at RSA. Thanks, Phil. Let's just delve right in it. What sparked your attention at this year's conference? Anything that organisations should be aware of? Well, clearly, we've seen the world in adversity this year. Um, Through adversity springs opportunity. The conference wasn't in person. So by the time people had a lot of time in lockdown in order to think about what to do, um, what differences they could make in cybersecurity. And we've definitely seen a combination of innovation and immediate changes that have been implemented by stretched IT departments. This has led to a massive uptake in remote productivity services. And by definition, taking on more remote services means that there are more and more suppliers. Rohit Guy, the president of RSA has picked up on this kind of upswing of supplier relationships in his opening keynote. He was explaining that for a medium to large enterprise, there are an average of 583 third party suppliers. And only one third of these companies have a mechanism to assess and treat the risks that are arising. Clearly, Emily, in our months of cyber risk prioritization, supplier management and governance has to be in the top three. I would go further, actually, and say that if you've tackled identity, privilege and lateral movement, then supply chain risk might be considered to be your top risk to address. Uh, We've also seen a tremendous set of entries into the RSA Innovation Sandbox. The Innovation Sandbox. Can you tell me more about that, please? Yeah. So for the last 16 years, RSA has been holding this competition to find the hottest new ideas and solutions in information security. The theme of the sandbox this year is resilience and contenders have three minutes in a kind of dragon's den style to give a remote elevator pitch on an idea and then a panel of judges assess the entry and some of the entries have been fantastic. That does sound fascinating. Were there many entries this year considering what we've been going through the past 12 or more months? I do forget now. Yeah, no, it seems like there were dozens. What they did was end up behind the scenes, cutting that down to just 10 finalists. But we'll put out the link associated to where you can see these and they're sort of the mini elevator pitches. But previous winners of this contest have included the founder of Phantom Cyber, which is that security orchestration and automated response provider that was acquired by Splunk. This year's winner, Apiro, they tackled the challenges associated with DevOps security and the failure of companies to sort of properly address the combination of governance and risk for DevOps, security and risk management. There's kind of a combination thing, which is probably why they won. Okay, cool. So I can see why challenge will be a hurdle for medium and large organisations who feel constrained by manual risk assessment. What else did the finalists cover with respect to innovation in security? Well, it was a mix, really. 
it was a mix of sort of taking a fresh look at tried and tested problem domains like email security and phishing analytics, all the way through to sort of access governance and complexity management for remote connections. As I mentioned, this year's sandbox theme is resilience. It's perhaps not surprising given that there's a huge regulator focus in resilience and operational resilience. There was at least one finalist there looking for data privacy using machine learning and also looking at data shared between third parties. I'd go as far as to say probably the main domain for entrance this year was aligned to data governance for cloud. And I think that's probably no surprise given the rapid adoption of cloud through lockdown. It seems like in that rush, there has been a huge sprawl. So many solutions that have been implemented and so few ways of seeing what there is to fix. There are also so many proxy technologies that therefore want to put themselves between you and your cloud data to help you assess and manage that risk. I kind of hope that the risks behind opening up connections between cloud components and then giving that other third-party cloud buyers and providers doesn't kind of result in the medicine being worse than the disease. It's one of those things that if you end up injecting security controls in after the fact, it can end up causing just as much operational resilience kind of failures as not having it in the first place and the risk that you're trying to treat. Right, some cautious words there. So are you saying that is a trend for new security companies to try and gather the edges of cloud complexity together and put them under just one solution? Yeah, ultimately, it does seem like at least one new vendor stacks that risk of cloud vendor lock-in by providing an identity solution to rule them all. Clearly, by trying to avoid vendor lock-in for different clouds, um, actually by implementing a single solution, you're actually creating a new form of vendor lock-in anyway. If you look at it from that perspective, you've got to ask yourself, is it really solving the problem or is it making the management more complex by moving away from perhaps the cloud native technology? And are you insuring yourself against the potential for those cloud native solutions to move away from what that provider can offer you and having to continually engineer those sort of glue solutions back together again? Clearly, there's a market for it, but I would recommend starting out with what your requirements are first and then seeing how you might automate access from within your own walls for each native cloud access model. Okay, did you have any favourites though? Truthfully, if it was your money, where would you place it, Phil? Well, more than half the finalists were tackling this cloud sprawl in one way or another, but I did have a favourite. The story that most caught my attention was the entry from a company called Wiz. The team had been previously working in a number of organisations, including Microsoft, looking at cloud security. And they established that lots of the cloud security risk solutions, guardrail sort of highlighting solutions in that cloud security and posture management space are all tackling vulnerabilities and risks as an independent set of issues. So it might be that you're looking at open buckets in Amazon S3, or it might be looking at poor identity and access management solutions in Azure. But what they were seeing was that to achieve a result, an attacker kind of has to have a mix of factors and put those together in order to execute an outcome. And in the cloud, because of the number of interconnections, it's quite hard to see how those chains of risk can be put together. So what Wiz do is that they kind of use a graph database to build a relationship model that links the different risks together and plots the possible paths that might you know, if your configuration is not ideal, could cause an attacker the ability to take advantage of a number of those risks together to achieve their outcome. 
so what they've come up with is this solution that's quick to deploy and then helps you to see perhaps the linkages of things that are very difficult to see in other individual one-off or one-at-a-time looking cloud security and posture management solutions. So given that it's risk prioritization month and given the approach, I'd probably place my money on that one. Okay, thanks, Phil. I've certainly learned a lot today and I'm sure our listeners have too. Before we go, is there anything else you want to add? I've got just one thing. I'd say that you know, whilst the shiniest new technology can seem like Nirvana, the best value risk reduction is usually using a technology that you already have. So chances are that with some adjusted processes, you could probably rinse more improvement from what's right under your nose. Nonetheless, we'll keep looking out for the brightest and kind of most exciting opportunities that might help us leapfrog the capability of today. But yeah, that's my final thought. Okay, well, Phil, it has been my pleasure. Thank you for joining us and we will definitely have you back on with us in the future. And of course, a big thank you to everybody who's tuned in and listened once again. More information regarding this subject can be found on our website at www.secrutiny.com. If you have any questions or concerns with any of the topics discussed, please get in touch and keep an eye out for our next episode. 